Blog Talk Radio. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Well, welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for January 30th, 2010. I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondie. We're coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio, with fresh news every Saturday at 6 p.m. This is for real people with real issues looking for real solutions. We got something to say this evening. And for all of you that are out there, stand up, speak up, and speak out. You can call us at the call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-6484, okay? Now, uh, we got a interesting show this evening dealing with a various of issues, so it's kind of like, you know, a free-for-all today. And, um, and if you feel like uh, getting on the line and speaking up on whatever the issues are that come forth, then that is all right with me, all right? But somewhere down the line, we're going to be talking about, again, on the bankruptcy issue and discharges where credit report or, uh, credit reports that have errors in them and that is still showing due and owing. So if you have had things that happened to you and you had some kind of hardship, you know, don't forget to call in here at 347-884-8684. And you can also contact Brother Blondie or myself. You know where to contact Brother Blondie. That is at hotmail.com. And you can contact me also at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com. So we're going to kick off this evening with a few uh, a few news here and there dealing with the other side of uh, criminal justice that will be coming from Todd Stapleton and from yours truly, from Brother Blondie, on all the issues and updates you would like to know what's going on right here in Columbus, Ohio. So we will be right back, so stay tuned. Oh, 
Alright, alright, welcome back. This is the Largy Miss Clarty Blog Talk Radio Show with yours truly the co-host with Brother Blondie. And as we said before earlier that uh, we are here to bring you fresh news all around of what's going on here in Columbus, Ohio. And that um, if you have any anything you want to speak up and speak out about, you can do it right here. Active call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. Now, we are going to have a kickoff on updates here with Brother Blondie on the casino issue and, and the Obama thing, and we're going to just get our thing on tonight. And, you know, and yours truly with also uh, criminal justice from the other side of criminal justice, okay, with Todd Stapleton. So we're going to start with you, Brother Blondie. Tell us what's going on through the back date of what's been played this evening. And, you know, and give us, you know, your your great updates and the kickoff on everything. Well, to kick it off, uh, Lordy, Miss Party, first of all, to you ladies, that was Jamie Foxx you just heard. A great album cut from his unpredictable CD. Everybody in my party is VIP. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, a, a great, great song here. We got some Michelle Obama news. Michelle Obama. Okay, yeah. come on with it. Once again, the White House plans a civil rights concert. That will be February 11th, and it will be airing on PBS. For those who live in Columbus, that means WOSU Channel 34. Four, the White House will host a civil rights concert to celebrate Black History Month, featuring such greats as Motown legend Smokey Robinson, Natalie Cole, the Blind Boys of Alabama, Queen Latifah, and Bob Dylan. And and it will also be streaming online. If you have an internet, you can catch it also live at whitehouse.gov. Gov. And also, last Sunday, Lordy, Miss Clardy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for the record straight ladies, no woman deserves to uh, be beat. And I'm, and I'm not defending any guys. But, ladies, come on. You're going to let Gary... Coleman, are you kidding me? <laughs> now, last Sunday, Marty, Miss Clardy, Gary Coleman. You know who Gary Coleman is, don't you? Yeah, we know. It takes different strokes to move the world. He was arrested uh, once again on domestic violence charges. This is his fifth domestic violence charge. Right, 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 right. Not, not, uh, and, and, and I'm just going to leave it like this, lady. Again, you don't deserve to be uh, hit. But, damn, if you let Gary Coleman beat you, something's wrong. Uh, something's something's wrong, wrong with that. Obviously, uh, Miss Coleman, you uh, shouldn't be married or uh, anything like, uh, like that. But once, once again, Gary Coleman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was charged with domestic violence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Gary Coleman, huh? I mean, well, anybody can, you know, uh, uh, end up in a violent situation if they're pushed, pushed up against the wall, you know. I can see it happening. I mean, not to say that it's a good thing. Gary Coleman? <laughs> I mean, well, what's wrong with that? I know he's short, but, you know, hey, he got to stand up, too, for himself. I, I, I mean, stand up, and what, what I'm saying is I, I – I understand, you know, when women say, oh, it's hard, it's difficult to get out of an abusive relationship. Well, I'm here to tell you, Gary Coleman is not difficult. I mean, you you, you can handle Gary Coleman. Lordy, Miss Clark, let's be honest. You, if, if, if you were in that situation with Gary Coleman, I, 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 I think you can easily stand up, speak up, and speak out against Gary Coleman. I mean, <laughs> and Dick, uh, I'm just saying there are some situations, Lordy, Miss Clardy, that are easy. This is an easy one. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the big news that's been happening in our own city of Columbus, Ohio, the big payback. Gee, uh, how should I say? Uh, Ian James was, uh, he thought he was about to read some about a starring confession, about the dispatch uh, apologizing uh, for strong-arm local politicians and business leaders like Penn National Gaming mm-hmm. and just about anyone else who stood between Ohio's greatest newspaper okay. and all-hands-on-check crusade to keep a casino out of the 
out of the casino district. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you, you know, Ian James, he's the CEO of the Strategy Network Consulting Firm. Firm. But, you know, instead, uh, a reference uh, Supreme Court decision on California's Proposition 8, on the initial reaction to the headline, however, was a, a good for a laugh afterward. What wasn't funny, however, was the reason behind James' reaction. He's one of dozens of consultants who made up the Ohio Jobs and Growth Committee team hired by casino developers, Penn National Game Rock Ventures. Hmm. And remember, Laurie, Ms. Clardy, they spend a record-breaking $47 million to make sure Issue 3 was passed back on November 3rd. I, I know. Um, that was pretty deep. You got any more deep information about that? Yes. And those casinos were in marked for Arena District, much to the charges of the Columbus Dispatch in weeks of following the election. The Dispatch mounted a vigorous campaign of its own, mm-hmm. launching a double-barreled assault stories columns and editorials against the casino. Mm-hmm, One mm-hmm. column titled, City Leaders Can Stop Casino in His Tracks, essentially was the blueprint for the mayor and the council on how to throw a gauntlet of rollbacks in front of 10 local casino plans. It was written by Mike Curtin, the associate publisher of the dispatch, and the public voice of publisher John F. Wolf, who not only runs the dispatch, he runs nationwide. He runs WBNS 10 TV mm. and the entire arena district. So as you can clearly see, Lardy, Miss Clardy, we talking about major heavyweights going after it. We talking about major heavyweights who's really basically against having a casino in this city, period, per se, but it's just using the uh, the arena district as a smokescreen because they run the whole entire arena district, including the Blue Jackets and other major events that happens at Nationwide Arena. They also run the 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 new uh, Jazz and Rib Fest, mm-hmm. which was moved from from the the Saudu uh, uh, River. On, on the south side of downtown to the arena district because it's under uh, re- repairs, building a bridge, mm-hmm. and get, uh, getting that uh, re- remodeled. Okay. So we we talking about um, major uh, uh, chaos. And also a number of so- sources, both on and off the record now claim, the dispatch used significant influence and power in the city to not only muster support for its anti-casino stance amongst politicians and civic leaders, but to punish those who work at odds with uh, Wolf's crusade. Ian James believes he was one caught in the crosshairs of the dispatch snapper fire. While working to assist the pro-casino campaign, James' company was uh, simultaneously fighting a legal battle 
with a former business business partner who claims she uh, not been adequately compensated. Our attorney has been provided a good representation in the case for the better part of the year, and for those services, a great deal of money has been spent. Shortly after the November election and the successful passage of Issue 3, James said he received a very cryptic phone call from his attorney who said their attorney-client relationship would have to be severed in the midst of the ongoing legal matter because, as James explained, our relationship with the casino campaign was a discomfort to another of the legal firm's clients. They did not disclose who had the conflict, James said. I made the not-so-grand leap. Gee. Uh, you, you know, the firm James had hired was was Zeger, uh, Tiggs, and Little. You know what, Brother Blondie? You know, in in the light of 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 what Dispatch has done in terms of helping for the casino issue to be moved to the further west side, uh, that wasn't really. Even even though it's a surprise to many, it wasn't a surprise really because uh, the suburbians or the residences that were living down that are living downtown never really wanted that to be there in the first place. Never wanted the casino in the arena district. And you were right, you know that everything is really bought, and they all have the power. So it, wasn't, it, it, it didn't matter one way or the other whether the state had altogether voted for the casino to be passed and that Franklin County had uh, denied, you know, the voting of having it here in Columbus. The point is, is that it is here in Columbus, and in my opinion, the mayor should have had, he should have considered all sides as an alternative, you know, uh, alternative place for, you know, for uh, economic development other than the West Side. I mean, all sides should have been considered. But being that over on the West Side, you're dealing with a, a whole di- different set of uh, minorities that live on that side of town that where they want to develop that uh, side for employment reasons and also for entrepreneurship, people coming in with businesses to boom up, you know, the west side, okay? However, again, um, I, I guess what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they want to take another vote from the people? Yes. Uh, uh, it, it was, uh, they approved, uh, the Senate approved for a May 4th uh, ballot. Now, with that, you know, the state and the city is crying broke, okay? Who's going to pay for it? You know, uh, the casino issue has already been decided on the state level. So why make another vote now? And, again, who's going to pay for it? The people? Because that's what it's going uh, to lay down to. That's what it's going to boil down to, the people paying for another vote to be done, and and, and, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, if the state has already voted for it, it's already a done deal. Why keep going in circles? We already know that they had already had plans to do all of what they are doing at this point to keep it from being in the arena district altogether. 
Well, one of the reasons why that it's a big, uh, they're making this an issue again in terms of May 4th, according to Mayor Mike Coleman's argument, Lardy Ms. Clark, mm-hmm. even though even though issue three passed statewide, it failed citywide. I mean, but nevertheless, it still was yes. passed. You yes. know, they should have, I mean, they had already put a uh, constitution in Ohio and everything. So it wouldn't have mattered one way or the other. They well, were going to do what they wanted to but do. But again, Lordy, Ms. Clardy, what does work in Franklin County's favor this time around, this will still be a statewide ballot. That, that means even if you're not living in Columbus, even if you live in Cincinnati, Cleveland, Dayton, Toledo, we done already get to, uh, uh, vote, vote on this. Well, and, and I still feel as though it's another way to pension people from their money. You know what I'm saying? On the vote, voting for this again, and it's already been a done Well, thing. not only pimp the people from, from their money, uh, uh, Lori McClarty, but as vice president of the Black Anti-Defamation uh, Council, I see a race code. Well, of course. So, I mean, I, the Wolf family don't want no African Americans in in the, the arena dis, district. I mean, they well, want to keep the blue jackets, hockey, and that that type of uh, thing. Well, I, to me, it ain't even worth even talking about no more. We get ready going to the next part of the dag on. Uh, uh, a part of the stories here because, you know, they were going to do what they wanted to do anyway. They've been all bought with money and ready to roll with it, okay? It wasn't nothing that we were going to do anything anyway. The only thing that they, the people need to be aware of now is that, you know, they get ready to pay for another vote, and that's it, and that's all. It's already a done deal that they're not going to have it in the arena district thanks to the suburbians and the elites that, you know, they have the power, which is they got the money, and wherever the money say don't go, oh, they don't go. Okay, so uh, we're going to go on ahead and we're going to talk with, you know, the, uh, we're going to find out what's going on on the other side of criminal justice. Todd, are you there? Yes, Wendy, I'm here. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Tell us what's going on around here in Columbus, Ohio, on the other side of criminal justice. I know, you know, even though you have heard about the uh, the issue dealing with the casino, again, you know, um you know, uh, we're, we're, we're wanting to find, you know, something else to talk about because we know that it's really unfair what's happening with the people, you know, or what's going on with the people and how they're using the people to, you know, they're fleshing some more with some of their money out of their pocket just to, just for the heck of it. I don't, I don't see no issue, you know, in them doing another vote. It don't make no sense to me. But uh, since they're doing it, you know, what can we do unless people stand up against it? You know what I mean? But if, if money talk and everything else, well, it's no problem. So you you want anything to say up on this, or you want to just go on ahead and talk on your issues, dealing no. with the other side of criminal justice? Well, well, first of all, I think I need to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Todd Stapleton. I'm uh, affiliated with the NAACP as far as a legal redress chair, co-chair. I'm also co-chair for Families of Victims of Fraud. But as far as the casino issue, I feel I need to be mute because I'm tired of hearing about it. I don't blame you. You know, I don't blame you. You You know what I'm saying? It's all good. It's all good. If they're they're going to do it, they need to go ahead and do whatever they're going to do with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. 
you know, but if you got uh, what, what what's going on with the other side of criminal well, justice? Well, okay, on the other side, know. on the other side, on the other side of criminal justice to begin with, I have an update of last uh-huh. week's show where Vernon Walford, 32, an Obest police officer, was supposed to plead guilty Monday in Judge Julie Lynch's uh-huh. courtroom. Well, the uh-huh. officer did not plead guilty. Um, once again, the officer was charged with sexual battery, Ohio Revised Code 290703. Um, he went in front of Judge Julie Lynch. Uh, sexual battery is a third-degree felony. The officer sexually assaulted a 25-year-old woman, as we talked about last week, while she was handcuffed, yeah. and she was also mm-hmm. intoxicated. He, he then at that time asked her, do you want to go home, while pointing at his genitals. She she then performed oral sex on on the officer. They found her. They found his DNA on her tennis shoe. They also found it on the back tire of the Obed's police cruiser. They also found her okay. DNA in the officer in the officer's underwear. Mr. Walker right, faces right. he faces one to five years in prison if he if he get, ends up getting sent to prison. He will he will be given a mandatory five years on post release control once released, which is probation or parole. He will also be labeled a Tier 3 sex offender, which means he's required to register with the Sheriff's Department of whatever county he resides in for the rest of his life, and he has to register every 90 days. If he's not sent to prison... Uh, is they, are, are they going to still keep him as, you know, an officer? No, he, he is no longer a police officer, period. Okay. They, they, they revoked his badge. Okay, good, good. And if Mr. Walford is not sent to prison, though, he only faces one to five years of probation. Now, now the, the Columbus okay. Dispatch reported that Judge Lynch set his bail at 30000 She actually set it for $25,000. And the Dispatch also reported that the sentencing date is now set for February 16th. No, it is now set for March 16th. She also revoked whatever bond he had and set the new bond mm-hmm. at $25,000. He, he, mm. he was also ordered to do a pre-sentence investigation. And also mm. in the courtroom, Mr. Mr. Walford acted like he didn't care, and he showed no remorse at all in the courtroom, and he even had a slight smirk on his face. Mm-hmm. Now, you know that's something to really look at when a person don't even care what they do to another person. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess, I don't even know what to say no more. I don't even know what this world coming to, you well, my, know. My, my my question is, Todd, do you know if, if, if Julie Lynch is up for a, a re-election bid this coming fall Good question. In, in 2010? Good question. Yes, she is. Yeah, yes, we, because... Yes, uh, we, Julie uh, Lynch is up for election. And it's also been brought to our attention that, you know, it's the same Julie Lynch... That, that set that young brother up for 130 years, the young African-American brother. She, she also set the highway shooter up for 34 years. Okay. Now, if she, if, she if, she, if she doesn't give this police officer the five years max in prison, then what is what is this world coming to? Just because he's a police officer? No. You got charged with a criminal. You got charged with a criminal. You got charged with a criminal offense. You, you need to you need to face yeah, yeah. reality just like everybody else in society who commits these particular types of crimes do. Okay, but 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 here's here's another uh, downside that that no one uh, is is really uh, seeing, and I noticed this of uh, police officers who lose their job 
crimson chips and a, a felony. If I, I have a misdemeanor. If I get a job, if I want to get a job as a security guard, I can't get it because of the record. A, yeah. I have a, fe- yeah. I have, I have, I have a felony, brother Blondie, and I can't get a job as a security guard for that reason. But, but security companies will hire former police officers whether their record is clean or dirty. And that's what I was just getting ready to say. Yep. And so, okay, well, we're going to go and uh, uh, get uh, put somebody else on that is on the line that may have some opinions or something to say about this. So we're going to start with the caller, uh, 614-6998. Caller, you are on the line. Stand up, speak up, speak out. Good evening, Wendy. Good evening. And good evening, Brother Blondie. Good evening. This is G2, the Black Panther. I am the president and CEO of the Ujima Empowerment Organization, and I am the regional chairman for Bobby Seale's original Black Panther Party. Greetings. 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 What do we deserve your presence? I know you fight the power, so come on with it. Well, you know this morning we fight the power against the mix of a gun shop added to the sex shop added to the steak liquor store over there on Livingston and Elm <laughs> Creek. Mm-hmm. Now we got enough problems dealing with our own folk drugged up, sexed out, and out their mind. And if you add guns to that, that's a dangerous mix. Now the issue at hand this evening, are we discussing judicial injustice or are we discussing the casinos? I heard several subjects being bounced around. Oh, well, when you really look at it, it's injustice all the way around. So just call it an injustice party. Go ahead. Well, the focus of what I feel in terms of the uh, in, in the judicial system, some judges, as we know, are, are partial to citizens in this, in this uh, central Ohio, Columbus, Ohio community, and some are not. I, too, uh, face a felony charge for carrying a concealed weapon without my permit. Mm-hmm. I was arrested with an F-4 November 22nd. Coming from, from the NAACP meeting we had that evening, I almost got robbed. Now, I hate to think I was approached by three thugs who asked me, one of them asked me for a light, I told them I didn't have no light for a cigarette. Another one asked me, what else you got? They merged on my car that I was driving that evening, and I raised my gun up. Now, I hate to think what would have happened to me if I did not have that gun, which was registered in my name, bought legally from the gun shop on the north side of town. Uh, Where did the police come in at? Well, as I was... I don't know if they were in the corner watching me or what, but my question to them was, you arrested me for not having a a little card that says I have a permit to carry this gun concealed. Now, my lawyer advised me if the only thing I had to do was put that gun out on the driver's seat, and I'd have been in every legal right to have it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and that's not the only gun I own, so I'm not crying about the gun. You know, and I won't use mm-hmm. no gun illegally, and I advise everybody in my organization not to use a gun illegally. 
But uh, on January 26th, uh, my attorney, Byron L. Potts, and the prosecutor, uh, attorney Warren Edwards, we cut a deal. So I'm looking at a F5 probation. So that felony's going to be on my record for about a year. I could probably get expunged. In, I'm 41 now. I could probably get expunged by the time I'm 43 or 44. Uh, okay. But this, my thing okay. is, is that so that's, yep, that's my first felony uh, I ever caught in my life. Okay, excuse me just for a minute. Todd, what you got to say about that? Because this is interesting. You know, we talk about, you know, uh, what police are doing to, to, to uh, people. Now, you know, people that got, got, got reason or have uh, 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 registered guns or whatever, and they still being uh, held accountable. Uh, what, what, uh, matter of fact, Brother Blondie, you got something to say. He's sitting over here with his eyes all big, y'all. I'm trying to get somebody Ooh, hey. to talk. Oh, you know I got something to say, too. Oh, well, well, I, you say at, at, I just want to know, they didn't even try to make an effort. I mean, they could have detained me and made an effort to send out other squad cars to try to catch the thieves that tried to rob me. They weren't even Greetings. interested in the thieves trying to rob me. They were interested in me. Okay, no. Greetings to you, Brother G2. How you doing this evening? Good evening, brother. Brother Blondie, all power to the people. This is brother Todd over here, G two. Oh, good evening, brother Todd. All power to the people. All power to the people, my brother. You know, and that's why. Um, also, this week on Tuesday evening, we sit in on on, on a town meeting with 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 a few officials, and then and we're also bringing in the the, the CIT um, team back. And, and what CIT is is Citizens Intervention Team, and, and, it, and it works with the Columbus Police Department, but we are we are only people are just the citizens. But we're actually the watchdogs over the police. So the situations like what happened to Brother G two gets handled properly so that they don't end up getting those felonies. So that they, they investigate what they're supposed to investigate properly. Yes, sir. Okay, you well, know, I, now I do agree. I do agree. Wait, wait a minute. That, Excuse yes, me, excuse me, let me in, let me in. There's another caller that has come on the line, and I want to add him or her into this to speak if there's something to speak on, okay? So just hold up one minute. You know, a caller, 419-6272, you on the line, have something to say, speak up now. Well, no, actually, I'm just listening in on that one. I'm not familiar with the situation that's going on right there. I'll, I'll hop in when... Uh, uh, some come up that I can have input on positive input. Okay, okay. Well, you well, can have positive you. input on on this, on this topic if if you just uh, would like to say something about it. Say that again. He can have positive. You can have positive input on this particular subject if you would just like to speak up and speak out about it. Well, yeah, let, us, let, us, let us let us know what your feelings on this are. Listening to it so I can be you know fully informed before I say anything. So, you know, that's a situation I'm not familiar with, but I'm listening. But it sounds common to the things that go on in Franklin County, Ohio, having been a resident there for 50 years. I understand what you're saying. Just like the brother was talking about, well, what about the assailants? They wasn't interested in that. They wasn't interested in seeing that the victim got justice because the victim was butt. 
which is a common practice in Columbus, Ohio, with the police department, that is, anyway. That is, uh, Colin, uh, thank you. Thank you, brother. This, this brother G2 again, the the, uh, the victim. Now, I, have, I, I, as the regional chairman for the Black Panther Party, do, uh, do we do not think all police are evil. But this particular officer, uh, Officer Ray Hatfield, I think he has a swastika on his forehead, if you ask me, because uh-huh. he's been known in the community to continually harass blacks and Latinos in the Mount Vernon Avenue and East Long Street area. He's from that precinct mm-hmm. six right down there on Grandview and mm-hmm. Mount Vernon area. Now his partner, mm-hmm. Officer Savania, it was very cordial and nice to me. He even explained to me, you know, that he understands that some gun owners get guns and he and that the gun shops need to have it. They're trying to enforce a policy where gun shops need to have education courses at least for. 15 to 20 minutes before they even sell a gun to anyone because most citizens throughout the United States they uh in some places they don't care what your record is they don't even ask it they don't even run an FBI check like they did at this particular gun shop where I, I purchased my guns they just sell your gun up in Utah you could you could walk in with the KKK hood on your head and they'll sell you a gun you can you can walk in looking like Charles Manson, and they'll sell you a gun. You can walk in looking like the 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 Oklahoma bomber, and they don't care, and they'll sell you a gun. They ain't ask you no questions. You could be fresh out of uh, Lancaster or Mansfield, and they'll sell you a gun up there in Utah. But mm-hmm. um, now, now, as far as the uh, as far as uh, what Attorney Potts explained to me, the technicality of what of me having the gun in my waistband because I had put it in my waistband after I showed it to the thugs trying to hurry up and get out that dark parking lot. Now here I am, average law-abiding citizen, conscious black man, leaving an NAACP meeting, almost got shook down and robbed and, and beat. I showed my own registered gun, tried to uh, uh, escape. I actually did escape serious harm from the from the criminals. And fell into the hands of a crooked cop. So, nonetheless, as uh, Attorney Potts explained to me, technically, because I did not have the permit, I was in the wrong. So I admit my guilt for that, and, and will accept, you, you know, the, the due punishment. I spent three nights and, and two days in the felony tank, and, and that's my jail time. And so now I'm just looking at probation. But I want to put it out there for all folk, in, particularly all black folk in the community. When you get the guns, which is your Second Amendment right, go right away and pay that $165, please, right away, and get that permit so you won't get caught in the trap like I did. I invite all community activists and all concerned citizens to my court date. My court date is February the 9th. That's a Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. Courtroom 7C with the Judge Julie Lynch. Boy. So I've already cut the deal. All I'm going to get is an F5 on my record and probation. But I want you all there for for support. 9 o'clock, February the 9th, 9 a.m., Courtroom 7C. To let, to let, just at least let her see that 
you know, blacks do support blacks in this city, and that she just can't do anything to any black or Latino person mm-hmm. in the city of Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 sad. But what what gets me though, and and I I I, I hate to add race in, in the mix, but Todd, you know this as well as I. G two with a felony cannot get a job as a security guard, but I guarantee you that police officer with a felony record record. If he can he can go to any security firm firm and and, and and get a job as a security guard protecting the bank protecting the store. So what, what do you what, what what do you think about that, Todd? I, I understand I understand that, brother Blondie, and I think it's I think it's a bunch of baloney due to the fact that I'm in the same shoes as brother G two because with me having a felony record. I can't even go get a job as a security guard and do that, and I'm white, you know, and, and it's ridiculous, you know, because, you know, that that's the whole purpose of the CIT team because when the, when the officer, when the, when the, when the, when the officers approached Brother G2, you know, they, they didn't they didn't take him all the way through the proper steps like they were supposed to. They just said, okay, this, this is a black brother on, the, on Mount Vernon, and, and we're just going to lock him up. And that's mainly the area that we're targeting with the CIT because we're having a lot of issues of racial profiling in the Mount Vernon area. Uh, we're also having mm-hmm. a lot of ra- a lot of racial profiling issues on Livingston Avenue around Seymour and Berkeley because um, just Thursday night when I went over to my uncle's house over there on Gulf, I ended up getting stopped by Officer West because I was white and I was walking down through there at nine o'clock at night. And that's totally Dang. unfair. It's Brother G2 again, Todd. That's totally unfair because even officers of color will look at somebody that is of Caucasian descent, and if you're not from Hilliard, Upper Arlington, Gahanna, they're going to assume you're there trying to buy drugs. Profiling goes both ways. And uh, we, we, the Black Panther Party in Columbus, Ohio, support uh, the fight for poor whites as well as we would support the fight for blacks and Latinos. And we understand that the struggle in, in this city as well as others throughout the United States has become less and less, really, of uh, profiling just because of skin tone, even though that does play a factor. But there now it's becoming a cash class system. If you don't make six figures a year, you ain't nobody. And they're going to treat you black, brown, white, yellow, red as a nobody if you ain't making six figures a year so we gonna carry this fight on for the the not only the black and the latino but the poor whites and others as well and i appreciate that okay. and you know the crazy part about it is i got off the bus i walked across livingston avenue the police decided to stop me but there's a street walker right there and they didn't say two words to her well, boy, this is because they know her. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they probably, they probably, they probably got some from her last week, if not the same night. Well, <laughs> well, definitely, definitely, I do want to say this. Let's let's hold on and 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 come back to this. Let's make let let's get a a pause for the cause and you know yes, and take a reflection on some of this stuff. And I'll be right back. I'm learning this party. I'll be right back. 
This sounds really, really good. The information that we're hearing about because this is what it's about, victimization and fraud at its best. And here the people are talking about what's happening to them and what's going on. We'll be right back. Oh, wait. Brother G, Brother G2 done called in. He's the president of Black Panther. <laughs>
popping champagne, and back to you, Brother Blondie, who's popping champagne this evening. Well, that was Jim Jones and the Diplomats featuring Ron Browns and Jules Santana mm. and popping that champagne. And I'm playing that because I'm still celebrating my birthday. <laughs> I just turned 40. Oh, boy. Well, happy birthday to you, Brother Blondie. I guess it's all of our birthdays as well. So, okay. Well, we're back on the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show. Back to the questions of the other side of, of I was going to call it racial injustice, but it looked as though like it's just the other side of criminal justice, and where everybody is getting getting the raw deal. Even when it comes to the casino issue, nobody is getting a chance to have any fairness anywhere. So as we turn back to the pages here, back where we just started from, and we get ready to go back into the questions and the answers and and the statements that's being made. There was a battle going on right here with Todd and Brother G2. But, you know, before we get started, is there anything 6272 that you want to put up on on, on the radio, you know, as a concern to you, too? Well, Ms. Claudia, um, actually, uh, the, the mindset right now, no, I'm just a listener tonight. I'll have input as we go. Okay. Well, can you uh, yeah, you know, give us some interesting. What's the NAACB doing over there in Utah? Is they getting stuff together for issues like what we're talking about this evening? Or have you at least attended the Cannes uh, Film Festival? <laughs> oh, that's not funny. That's not funny. I mean, no, the Sundance uh, uh, Film Festival is out there in Utah this, this week. I know he, he, he's a business or knows someone who has been there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, well, if you were referring to the Sundance Film Festival, no, nah, I do not partake in that. No, thank you. Uh, however, we do now have a chapter of the NAACP here. Um, I've been okay. uh, here in Salt Lake City now for seven years. Recently, that uh, there's a pardon. Go ahead, uh, we're listening. Just recently, that there's been a chapter of the NAACP brought to the Salt Lake District because you used uh, if there was a complaint to be filed, you had to go to the regional office in San Francisco. That was due uh-huh. to the fact there's there was less than one percent African American blacks in the state of Utah. But right, since, right. Uh, the Hurricane Katrina and the refugees from that uh, natural disaster that was brought here, also since the, the building of the city, the growth in the city since they've hosted the Olympics, like all cities explode once they host the Olympics, there's been an influx of people from the outside, and it's been quite noticeable that... Uh, there's a need for, well, put it this way, there needs to be more than a word. So there, okay. there was a need for an agency like the NAACP here to speak up for people of color. And mind you, people of color is not just the, the African-American, but it's the Latino, it's the Asian, it is everyone that is non-Caucasian. So finally here, the people... Utah has finally seen the need to bring that agency here, and hopefully, the way it looks right now, they they seem to 
be on the right track, and you know, you know, they 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 they, they really have a a, a multi-culture board. Therefore, that way, there's many issues that's being addressed. So it's not just for the African American, the Latino. Polynesians that we have here that, you know, each one of us have particular issues that need to be addressed in Salt Lake, and it appears that they're on the ball. Like I said, it's a new agency, so um, mm -hmm. only to tell. If they only meet once a month, so therefore there's very little input or information that I can give you on. I've only been back a month. So, uh okay. Okay. More information. I'll surely update you on that, Miss Cardi. Okay. You got an NAACP in Salt Lake City, and Carl Malone's not on board. I'm stunned. <laughs> well, you know, uh, oh. definitely our kids. Go ahead. <laughs> when did Carl Malone classify as? I know y'all not laughing now. I mean, you know, hey, oh boy. You know, now y'all got me stuck as a host of what to say. Uh, uh, Brother Todd, what you got to say about it? Well, well, well. you know, I, I understand, you know, that, that the NAACP is for people of color. But, but I know here in Columbus, Ohio, what we do as far as the NAACP is concerned is if you're a minority and if you're low income, if you come to us with a complaint, regardless if you're an NAACP member or not, we will address that complaint to the best of our abilities, which is why we are there. Mm -hmm. We are there to help the people no matter who they are, black, white, red, yellow, whatever. If they, if they, if they mm -hmm. come to us or they come to families and victims of fraud and say, hey, we need help, we, we step up and step, and step out and do what we can do to resolve the situations no matter who they are. You know what I'm saying? So Right, I, right. Well, go ahead, go ahead. You know, and, 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 and you know, and that's what people fail to, fail to realize is just because an individual may have the skin tone of a Caucasian, they they ain't all the way white. Ain't that right, Sister Clardy? Well, yeah, I found that to be a truth, you know, because everything that with color, you know, you you don't know what you're getting on the inside. You can get a white person that's got black casing of color on the outside, and you got white color that's got black casing on the inside. So you really don't know. Who's who, really? We just got some colors on us, but we don't know who's who underneath skin color. So that's probably why it's so important to uh, to uh, uh, to to look at the character of a person rather than the skin color. And all the more reason why the NAACP is supposed to be for minorities of all colors rather than just one race of color. And, and, and for the record, Todd. You're more black than Brian Gump. <laughs> oh, see, brother, now brother, Well, Brother Blondie, I'm going to put it to you like, like a fine sister told me a few weeks ago. Brother, you got more black in you than, than I don't know what. All right, all right, all right. You know, I guess, uh, I guess you know, the things that we're talking about this evening has, has come to a small close, and I want to, you know, do a pause here because uh, – you know, we, we want to talk about other issues, too, that's going on. Like, for instance, uh, 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 
G2 today when we were talking about the issue of where everybody stands. G2, are you still there? I want to make sure you're still there, though. Are you still there? To, uh, Brother G2? Say yes, can you hear me? Okay, hold on just for a minute. You know, I just want to make sure you're there. You know, on the issue of where they're wanting to build these gun shop, uh, shops and there's violence going all around and having problems with whether they're for the gun shop or not, or just with any issue, we having problems with the communities coming together. Uh, rather, we're hearing them bicker rather than to, uh, uh, to settle their scores and for them to come together and stand for a cause and so that we can get something uh, resolved. Uh, how did you see that today that has happened? How did you see that? I saw that there needed to be closure, you know, in certain areas, but the community really does need to become involved, you know, in what's going on, regardless if they got people that's involved in drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever they're doing, you know, but, you know, still we need people to, uh, to stand up as leaders. And that's where I stand at with this, because without that, you know, the situation that keeps going on and going on and nothing getting resolved. So what did you see about that that meeting today that we had went to that in all in all everybody was in in agreement to uh you know everybody stepping up to the plate and being accountable Well, Wendy, I felt that the meeting went really really positive and good. Uh everyone that was in, in attendance from the different organizations seemed to merge and gel together in harmony. There were some discrepancies that were resolved right there on the spot between the Southeast Area Commission President and the Livingston Avenue Area Commission President that brought them together, which you know I thought was a God blessing. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't really see, even with those that were for the gun shop, I didn't see any real friction there. Because we all can agree on one thing. Nobody wants heavy crime in their neighborhood. Nobody wants True. nobody wants access to to items that would help in the assistance of heavy crime in their neighborhood. So the the meeting overall is a first to a catalyst of meetings that should be happening and are going to be happening throughout the city until we in the urban community get the point. The next meeting scheduled for these for these uh, particular issues to fight against will be at the Martin Luther King Jr. Library, 1600 East Long Street, on February the 17th from 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. to 9 p.m. And all mm -hmm. grassroots and community organizations are encouraged to come. The Ujima Empowerment Organization will be the host, and we will have Professor Quojo Williams-Hill from Cleveland, Ohio, speaking about the state of black Ohio. And then there will be several prevention specialists speaking on how to prevent violence and either gang activity or have gang intervention uh, to stop these youths from getting involved in organizations and activities that will cause their death or imprisonment. Uh, myself, the president of the Muju Empowerment Organization, and Reverend Merv Bruin, who is a uh, 
minister in the Near East Side uh, area of Mount Vernon and Longstreet. We are developing football teams this summer. We're going to get the Crips and the Bloods, the Gangster Disciples and the Vice Lords and the Blackstones and the Latin Kings all well, on I would say field. good luck to that one. And we're going to, well, I'd say good luck to that for real, you know, yes, because, you know, it's hard to get anybody here in Columbus, Ohio, to come together. You know, it was good what we saw today, but, you know, we still got tomorrow to look at. And, you know, again, if it, if it can be done, more power to you because you don't see a lot of togetherness here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, amongst the gangs, you know. I don't see it anyway. So, but well, I want to thank a, you for. You're very welcome. Um, listen, I want to go on further to uh, talk about bankruptcies and discharges and errors on credit reports that seemingly in people's uh, credit reports are due and owing. And um, while I'm on that subject, um, last week we were talking about the week of the word of the week, which was discharge, okay? Now, everyone knows that you file bankruptcies to get a discharge of your debt, but a bankruptcy discharge is a permanent court order pursuant to a statute stopping creditors from collecting or attempting to collect a debt as a personal liability from a debtor, okay? And a debtor can be denied a discharge for fraud on creditors or fraud on the court or simply not completing all the for filing bankruptcy, such as taking the debtor's education class. Again, back in 2002, all the way up, until they decide to put this in place called the debtor's education class, uh, there was all kinds of things that was happening to people that have done bankruptcies, whether it was a bankruptcy discharge for Chapter 7 and so forth. But what I have found that when, when doing the $45 million settlement fund, uh, uh, as one of the movements was with the NAACP, um, I, we have found out that there were issues in this area that needed to be dealt with because it was uh, California that was uh, doing a, a lawsuit against Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion because they had uh, uh, credit errors in credit reports, and so they were trying to put out notices for uh, individuals that had these problems to let them know that they could come into the class action lawsuit and get some money from $750 down to $20. And so, again, because there wasn't a lot of notifications that had went out and a lot of people didn't know about this, uh, there, was, there was movement to make this situation more, uh, more aware to the public here in Columbus, Ohio. And what we found out, again, getting to that particular piece, what we found out is that uh, the, uh, the people's credit reports were, uh, were in line with errors, some of them uh, a little more serious than others, even after they had did bankruptcy discharges. 
and I can give an account to a few things that have went on in my credit report where, you know, I had a fraudulent situation happen where I lost my mortgage and it was a fraud, you know, to have a foreclosure right after I had did a bankruptcy, which, you know, I find out later that creditors that was a part of that discharge in 2002 waited until 2004 to put uh, liens on the house. And how I found out this information was to go do the research into the court and find out that the creditors that were part of my discharge actually crept out and went to the, uh, went to the court and created a certificate of liens in silence and, and attached them to my, um, to, my, to, the, to my home. Now, I find that that is not... Uh, that is not an area that is that is secret. What it is is that people didn't know how it was happening, how they were getting uh, uh, issues that were due and owing from off of the after doing a, a discharge, and they didn't know how that was happening. But it was stopping them from being able to get um, uh, insurance, um, a second home ownership to a home, or even getting a home. Period or employment. Or, or, you know, uh, loans for education or anything, or credit cards or anything. And, and, and it was because of these specific creditors that may have gotten out of those bankruptcy discharges and created more debt of due and owing, even though that they were a part of a discharge. And that's where we are with this today. And so, again, because there was so little of people that were, uh, that came out to, to 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 uh, support the issue, it upset me and made me it made me to the point where two weeks ago, where I was having a small powwow with my own community over the radio because I was frustrated because here it is that we're trying to do something to expose a situation where they can get uh, you know their their uh, situations handled and resolved and couldn't because we didn't have enough support. So um, going to uh, talk with Brother Todd because Todd was a part of this particular movement where he is able to speak a little bit about it, but nevertheless, his input is very important. Uh, Brother Todd, what you think about that situation about, uh, you know, having bankruptcies with discharges and these creditors that can jump out of the discharge and, and cause all kind of havoc in your credit report uh, where you can't even be successful or have a fresh start in life. Todd? Todd? Okay. Well, we going on to the next. Okay, to the caller 6272, do you know anything about this uh, about this uh, particular issue? Uh, unfortunately, Miss Claudia, I'm sorry, I don't. Okay, so you've never had anything done to you, um, you know, uh, or heard about somebody that done a di had a bankruptcy and did a discharge and somebody from the credit Creditors from those particular uh, bankruptcy discharges, you know, end up out of the bankruptcy uh, and go and, and, and place in the credit report 
even though they was a part of a discharge, uh, create error in the credit reports? Well, not not that I can recall. No, um, no one that I've talked to, particularly out here, has had that uh, particular issue. You know, it's unfortunate mm-hmm. I not put on that topic. Okay, well then let's hear about it. Well, I said I have no input on that topic. Okay, you have no input. Okay, okay. Well, then we're going to go on here. Credit reports after discharge then. What should be reported, even though that they still got issues on their credit report, they're still doing owing, and 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 I, I am coming out of bankruptcylawnetwork.com, Um, And it's talking about credit reports after discharge, what should be reported, because from my understanding, you know, uh, panel trustees are supposed to be the overseers over what happens in the bankruptcy uh, court, and they're supposed to be responsible for uh, sending the correct information to the credit bureaus in order for uh, the credit reports to be you know, have corrected correct information in the credit reports whenever a person go and do a bankruptcy and discharge. But in cases like this, it has been found that there was uh, errors that were on the credit report that obviously have put a lot of people into hardships. And I'll speak for myself on that one. So uh, I found this report about credit reports after discharging what should be reported. And it says here, generally speaking, upon bankruptcy discharge, credit reports should report a $0 balance on all debts that were discharged, okay? They should also state discharged in bankruptcy or other similar language, each account discharged, okay? Finally, there should be no additional reporting after the bankruptcy filing date. And it says, goes on to say, unfortunately, this is not always the case since reporting a balance by a creditor increases the chances that the discharged debt will someday be paid. This is because the balance brings the credit score down due to the debt-to-credit ratio. Even worse, huddle lenders sometimes mandate that certain debt that's on the credit report be paid as a condition for financing. Now, remember, I was just stating that, you know, because of these so-called errors and what be happening after the discharge is over, they, you know, people finding that their credit, credit reports are still showing due and owing. And I use myself as an example of how, you know, some creditors, after being a part of a discharge, actually gets up out of the discharge and then wait a couple of years and then decide to go and get liens and then place them on your house to get their uh, debt paid for, even though that they were paid for through and by in the discharge. So it goes on to say, for many years, debtors struggle with creditors and the credit bureaus to have their credit reports properly updated after discharge because there were issues uh, uh, that were going around or alleged issues that were going around stating that um, the credit 
bureaus, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian don't have updated data uh, resources to update the credit report bureau, uh, credit reports with for the reason why, you know, everybody's credit, those that have done discharges from bankruptcies, still look, you know, due and owing, in other words. So the bankruptcy courts frequently dismiss many actions to clean the reports since most bankruptcy judges simply did not understand that false credit reporting was an act to collect on a discharge debt. These judges usually have perfect, have perfect credit and never experienced coercion that false credit reporting has or refuse to believe that such reporting could cause discharge debt to be paid. And then, and then there's another uh, uh, part to this that speaks on, nevertheless, a recent case in California has now recognized the dilemma and has instituted a class relief for thousands of debtors. And this is the case that I was talking about in the case of White versus Equifax, okay? Judge David O'Carter of the U.S. District Court of the Central District of California has given the bureaus until October the 1st to update the files of millions of consumers who have filed Chapter 7 bankruptcies, okay? Credit reports with information on discharge debt must now contain agreed bankruptcy coding, okay? And to indicate that the account is discharged in the consumer's Chapter 7 bankruptcy, okay, by use of this terminology, including in chapter in, in bankruptcy, it shall update the trade line or collection account to reflect a $0 or blank account balance and past due balance as the consumer who received the bankruptcy discharge so as to indicate that no debtor is due or owing by the consumer after a discharge date, okay? So always be sure to check your credit 30 to 60 days after the discharge. I would say still even after then, you know, check your uh, credit report 30 to 60 days, you know, every year on the year, okay? Um, just, to, just to make sure no one has uh, put, it in, put input information into your credit report that is not supposed to be there. I believe being proactive is very important. Uh, they said if any accounts that were discharged are showing imbalance, you have legal recourse to have those accounts corrected, okay? And so with that, that's the base, that's the end of my report for um, credit reports and, 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 and bankruptcies and discharges for this evening. Now, we're down to the wire, and what I want to also present to anyone out there that may be interested because there is a legal service that do deal with all aspects of legal issues. And although some people may have heard bad things about it, but because I ended up being what you call a, uh, a person to go test the waters and, and found that the services are true to the word and are ethical, and what also has... Uh, uh, caused me to be involved in this particular uh, law firm as far as their services are concerned is because I was a victim of, of, of BMV issues and where my 
license were taken and they took care of it promptly. And so the services also have given me the understanding that when you ain't got no money and you ain't got no $500 or $1,000 to pay an attorney to do a job, what can you do to help yourself? Not much at all. And if you try to be pro se, you know, you ain't got no real justice, no access to justice. I mean, you could try to defend yourself, but if I told you that you can get an attorney as low as $26 a month in order to get your issue resolved and it resolved, would you do it? Because $26 a month to me is like less than insurance on your car. And so I am going to give a service or tell you about a service that I feel being the guinea pig and found it to be legal and that it worked for me. It may not work for everybody else, but they deal with every legal issue, but only for $26 a month, and that is prepaid legal. And anybody that's interested in prepaid legal, there's information more about it, and you can find this information on the website that I'm going to give you because not only did I become a member and know that the service worked, but I believe in it so much that I became an associate of it, okay, you know, to be able to try to help other people since we are out here in this community trying to help people with legal issues. We're not lawyers, but definitely we want to bring something tangible, tangible that will help you. And on this website is www.prepaidlegal.com slash hub slash Wendy Clardy, okay? That website, again, for information that you want to know more about this particular service is www.prepaidlegal.com slash hub slash Wendy Clardy. Now, if there's any last words that need to be said this evening about anything, you have a chance to speak. we got 12 minutes left. If there's anything that you want to uh, bring as a solution to the hearers on conversations that we have already had, you can do so. So I am going to start with, again, um, a, 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 the callers that are online, which I really do appreciate you all being here this evening and helping me with this particular uh, uh, segment and, you know, wanting to give you the last bids here to, to speak your piece, whatever that you can come up with solutions, especially when you're being victimized and, you know, and it's dealing with your record and you can't get nothing, you know, uh, no job or anything. What is there that a person can do other than they need an attorney? That's my solution. But if there's any other solutions that are available, uh, let me know. You know, they also deal with uh, um, uh, child support, children's services, uh, uh, cases that's already still um, uh, pending still. You know, um, again, you know, the information that you will want to know about is on the website that I have given you for more information. So, uh, 614-6998, is there anything that you would like to say? Uh, just again, thank you, uh, Wendy. This is uh, Brother G2, President and CEO of 
Ujima Empowerment Organization. Thank you so much for continuing to add a voice to the so-called voiceless throughout uh, Central Ohio and throughout the United States. Uh, we surely do appreciate you and love you dearly, Laudy Miss Claudie. I love y'all too. All that you do. I love y'all too. And I just wanted to add a, 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 a note um, that uh, we in the, in the activist community are all together, black, brown, white, yellow, red. And I wanted to, is uh, Brother Todd still there? Hello? Is Brother Todd still there? Well, nonetheless, we are we are all moving forward together, hand in hand. The, the oppressed and the low income in Central Ohio to move forward together to address these issues, so that there are no longer issues in our community. We can only do it through the power of Emoja, which is the Ngusu Saba in Swahili, meaning unity, all united against oppression and fraud. So I just want to bid everyone a happy new year. God bless you all, and there you have a good evening. Hello? Hey, hello, y'all. I'm sorry for you all that had to wait uh, for, uh, I guess, the 
couple of minutes that you had to wait here, I had a little go issue where the where the call dropped. So I am back, and I am sorry for that delay. But you know, I want to again thank G two and Kevin Hobson and Todd Stapleton for coming on to the show and sharing, you know, their news and, you know, the updates of what's going on as, you know, they are uh, leaders that are in the community that are about the people. And it's been a pleasure in in knowing them and being a part of their lives and seeing them that are still in the fight. Um, And the same thing that I want to also say about – Brother Blondie as well, because, you know, Brother Blondie has been a blessing to the show, and, you know, he's out in the community also, and and, and, and it's just a pleasure to have known such great people um, that have supported me and have had faith in me in areas uh, where... <laughs> where it would seem as though that, you know, there's nobody in the area they even care, especially when it comes to victimization and fraud. But, you know, I have only what I have to give, whether it's of my time or if I have a little bit of money to help somebody to get somewhere, I'll do that too. But, you know, it's always good to have somewhere where you belong and that you are being heard. And this was the reason why I came up with the um, the Lardy Miss Cardi blog talk radio show because uh, I wanted to build a forum for the people and so that they have a place to come to talk and to be heard and also uh, share, uh, you know, their experiences and see if we could come up with uh, some soluble solutions to the problem. And if we can't, you know, just the point that we got it out, we got out what was ailing us, you know, that's a healing within itself. Um, and I would like to also allow uh, the caller uh, uh, that was on before to extend himself and whatever he would like to say uh, uh, to this uh uh, to to the ending here of what uh, you know of the blog talk show and you know and I'm just very proud to uh, be a part of, of everybody's life you know and to share such intimate uh, you know uh, parts of people's lives and where they are fighters for you know justice and all so caller six two seven two if there's anything you have to say to uh, the listeners, or you know, a comment you want to say, you're on the air to say it. So your compassion and concern about your community. Um, there need to be more people like you. And you know what? That's a that's yeah. I am. I'm very concerned, and you know, I guess that's my passion, which are the people. The people is what keeps me alive and keeps me, you know, involved. And um, that's where I stand with it. I mean, because without without the people, there is nothing. That's the way I feel about it. You know, the people is what. Uh, is what making everything work. That's how I feel, and I want to thank you. Brother Kevin, you know, for that uh, for that comment and for that, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I'm so lost of words, you know, for, you know, just for the, the comments that you're giving. I mean, I'm really humbled towards, you know, 
you know, what all that I have involved myself in and that you guys have allowed me to be in your lives the way you have. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Brother Brother Blondie, is there anything that you have to say? Uh, yes. Just a reminder that starting this Monday, we're kicking off Black Black History Month. Two quick black historical facts that I want to, to remind uh, people. Uh, Monday is, of course, the anniversary of the debut of the CBS sitcom Good Times, which first aired on February 1st, 1974. And the day after that, we all know Groundhog Day, but I'm going to give you a Groundhog historical fact that you need to know because it's the 25th anniversary of it. Did you know, Lardy, Miss Clardy, that on February 2nd, 1985, that was the day O.J. Simpson and Nicole Brown, get this, tied the knot. I wanted to get the... I wanted to uh, let people know that, that, but hey. What was happening? Hello? 